You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Hey folks, it's Time to Revive. It's Mark Bird. I'm your host again this week. And as we do every single week, we have a very special guest. This particular special guest that I'm about to introduce to you is a man that I met a few months ago in person, and uh, we got invited to a mutual Bible study that was going on. And actually, this fella and his brother host this Bible study. I should say I got invited to it, and it's been an incredibly blessed time to be able to share real life with other men. And with me on the air today, joining me remotely, is Dave Durnell. Dave, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, thanks for jumping on. And I've been encouraging Dave, literally, as we meet weekly for Bible study, I've been encouraging him and saying, Dave, you've got so much to share. You've got so many things that you share with us that I would encourage you to be open and being willing to share with the body of Christ at large. And what a greater opportunity that is set before us than to be able to come and be on a podcast, be on the radio, be able to share some of these real life, at times, Dave, gut-wrenching things in life that, my goodness, do Christians really face these kind of things? Do Christians really go through them? And, And Dave, you know that we all think them, but do we dare admit them? Do we dare say them? Right. Uh, and Dave, before I turn you loose, let me just set a backdrop here and say, you know, this particular series, as you listeners that tune in every week, as you know, we have crested over into from the evangelism, the lifestyle evangelism series that we did for so many weeks. And now we're moving over into the discipleship piece. And again, the Lord is so gracious and his timing is so impeccable. But as I got to thinking about it, and it was several weeks ago that I mentioned this to Dave about potentially coming on and being a part of this podcast. And wouldn't you know it, it just so fits with exactly what we're talking about now, exactly with this series. So without further ado, let me introduce to you again, Dave Durnell. And Dave, this discipleship piece and what I'm setting up the stage for is this discipleship thing. And it's a long, multiple syllable word that is thrown around in church, even more so maybe today in modern times than it has been in the past. But you know what it is, Dave? Here it is. What does that mean? Right. What is discipleship? I mean, that's a long, fancy word. Dave. How would you define that, Dave? (laughs) Well, you know, for me, it's always it's always been a very simple thing that I remember learning that I was to be the spiritual leader of my home. Okay. And, and that terrified me. Right. Yep. And what I realized was, was really, it, it is discipleship. It's discipling my spouse and discipling my children and other people's children that enter our home. You know, that's a, that's another one. Uh, we just had a session and I called a session Last Sunday, I believe it was, where my oldest son came back with his wife and, and brought two of his lifelong friends, and, and we all had devotions together. What normally took about 20 minutes took a little over two hours. Wow. But it was, you know, it was just a, a really incredible time where 
you know, you see God so active. So for me, discipleship is, is a thing where Christians should be getting together and sharing. And I always go back to um, Exodus where, where, you know, God tells Moses, tell your sons, right. And tell your yeah. sons to tell their sons. Right on. What I've done for you. And, you know, I think that um, of course, scripture is incredibly important in helping people unlock uh, scripture and understand exactly what God wants us to do and doesn't want us to do. But I think as, as important as showing God, through our own families, through our own lives, what he's done, right? How he's worked things out in the past, how he's, how he's been miraculous, how he's been supernatural. Uh, because then I think that uh, obviously God will help our children recall one day uh, what they've heard from us growing up in our homes, and they'll be able to, to use that. And instead of freaking out or getting upset, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, my dad and mom faced this. And God took care of it. He'll take care of me. You know, he'll take care of my family. Amen. Uh, so that would be my quick answer. Yeah, that's really good, Dave. And, and I'm subtitling this particular episode, Our First Call to Ministry. Because, Dave, whether or not Christians believe it, we all have a ministry. We really do. And our ministry, first and foremost, needs to be our children. Now, a couple interesting facts that I want to share even at the risk of maybe being a repeat. But at one time, I learned this particular fact, Dave, and I love it how you went back to Exodus and where God's telling Moses, you know what, teach these to your children and to their children, to their children and so forth. Do you yeah. know, Dave, statistically through the ages, what the least incarcerated culture is in the world? And it's the Jewish culture. There's less Jewish people incarcerated on planet Earth than any other any other race or culture. And the reason for that is the very principle that you just mentioned, Dave. It's because God told Moses, clear back in Exodus, your very first most important thing is to teach your children and to make yeah. sure that they teach their children. And so it, that in itself is the root core of discipleship. What we define during our time with Revive, Dave, is we tell people now, just kind of set that word discipleship on its side for a minute and use the word doing life. So, Dave, do we not do life with our family? Yeah, you're not kidding. And, you know, it's for us, it started when the kids were young. You know, we started right away with, with some Bible books, right? Just, you yep. know, reading some stories and praying together and uh, as they got older, obviously it got uh, more in depth, and and now we actually use um, Word of Life Quiet Time with the kids. It, it gives us you know exact scripture every day to cover, and it it helps with a little commentary. And uh, hopefully they talk. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Right? Sure. Sure. Uh, you know what really shocked me was my kids went to uh, Calvary Christian. My daughter's a senior there now. She's the last one. And what really shocked me was we'd get to talking to people about devotions and how few families were having them. Right. And they were kind of surprised because we would have devotions in the morning before the kids went to school. And then we have devotions in the evening before they go to bed. And the way I always kind of looked at it was what's more important than starting our day with God and ending our day with God. So we've come full circle and, and he's the start of the day. He's the end of the day. And I know for me, it made a big difference. You know, it keeps my mind in a much better place because one thing that uh, we've discussed a lot lately in our family has been spiritual warfare. Yes, sir. And I find a lot of Christians don't want to talk about it, but what better thing to equip 
our children with and, and our families, then understanding that there is spiritual warfare going on and we need to realize it and be ready for it. My uh, father-in-law came over uh, about a week and a half ago and he hadn't slept all week. And you could see it on his face. His, his wife had died, right? My, my mother-in-law. And my wife's been really upset with it. Again, it's been about six months. And um, he told me, I, I can't sleep. He said, these terrible things keep entering my mind and I don't know what to do about it. And um, I taught him a quick prayer. And that prayer is, and I do it every night before I go to bed. I asked God in Jesus name to get Satan and his demons out of our house, right? To send Amen. the strongest angels to provide a hedge of protection for my family and I to keep Satan and his demons out. But then I also asked this, I asked that his, his angels will minister to us and comfort us. Come on. And what's fascinating is uh, he tried it, called me two nights uh, later and said how incredibly effective it was. You know, this man's uh, 87 years old. He got saved when he was probably um, late forties. Wow. Um, lots of time in church. But that's the first, according to him, that's the first thing he had ever heard about spiritual warfare. Wow. And it never, it never dawned on him. It never dawned on my wife that there's demons in your home coming after you because of a person's death. Right. You know, trying to knock you backwards and, you know, send us down a rabbit hole to where we lose hope, we lose faith. And, you know, I, I remember when my mother um, committed suicide finding out about it. And God gave me the following scripture, second uh, Corinthians chapter one, verses three and four. I'm paraphrasing here. It's not a direct quote. Sure. But blessed be the God of all comfort who comforts us in our times of trial with so much comfort that we can comfort those around us. Right. Yep. He gave me that scripture to hang on to. What's very interesting to me is, is that not though morning with hope, right? Comfort, hope, all of that really is helping us with spiritual warfare. It really is. Because when you mourn with hope, you're not giving footing to a demon, right? Right. When you're so full of comfort because you accept the comfort, and that's a fascinating thing that my family's discussed quite a bit in the past. Someone comes up to give you a hug, Mark, but you don't really care for the person, so you don't want the hug. Who did you just refuse according to those verses? <laughs> God himself. God himself, right? So it opens up our eyes to how many people around us are trying to comfort us, but we don't want to accept it. Well, then we're refusing God. So again, if we refuse God, we're giving Satan a foothold to come in. That's true. You know, uh, so it's a thing where what I've noticed is we need to be ready as Christians just to help each other all the time. That's it. You know, to, to, to help. And I'll go back to spiritual warfare. As soon as you asked me to do this, you know, first thing that popped in my mind, uh, you know, Dave, you cuss sometimes. You sure you should do this? Yep. <laughs> Where do you think that came from? The accuser of the brethren, brother. Right. Exactly. No, it's, uh, and you know, my goal has been with, with my family and very selfishly myself through devotions is to try to keep us armed every day to fight the good fight, to get further ahead in our walk with Christ, to become more bold has been so desperately important to me. And I wanted to instill in my children what I've learned through the years that God is supernatural. He owns everything. He controls everything. He made everything. Don't live a miserable life. Don't live a life where you're accepting of less than his best. Right. Right. Where you accept pain, where you accept loneliness and fear and want. That's not how I believe he wants us to live. 
Now, I believe he wants us to live very, very bold. Right. He wants us to step out boldly and do things. I love Calvary Christian School. And, and you know, I talk a lot about I want them to have the best gym in the state of Ohio. People are like, well, what's that matter? Why shouldn't God have the best high school gym in the state? Right. Right. Yep. God always has the best. Why? Why should we not have? And let's just take Logan County. Why should we not have the best school facilities in Logan County? They're God's facilities. You know, why should my family live in want? And it, it's just been amazing what we've learned through scripture, learned by talking to other Christians. And, you know, Mark, sometimes we learn what not to believe. Boy, we sure do. Yes. <laughs> Which is just as valuable. And, you know, you and I were talking before we came on here. There's a gentleman that I love dearly that is divorced. And I've learned more about how to be a good husband from him than anything I've ever watched, anything I've ever listened to, any pastor I've ever sat under, because he knows real life. And when a man looks you in the eyes and said, let me tell you how I failed my wife. Yeah. Wow. It's sobering. Yeah, it is. And you know, I know a gentleman that his wife had an affair and they divorced. And I'll never forget the data that he looked at me and said, it was my fault. What? And I even got kind of angry for him. How can you say it was your fault? She had an affair. He said, if I would have been a biblical husband, she wouldn't have had the affair. Man, that's cool. good. But you learn from, I mean, it's amazing what you learn when a, when a brother will be honest. Amen, brother. And share things that they could be judged for, right? Amen. You know, <laughs> that's what makes life worth living to me. That's what makes this Christian walk fun is when, when we can get together and say, you know what? Man, I make mistakes all the time. I'm far from perfect. But let me tell you what God's shown me, right? right. Let me tell you how he's corrected me. Let me tell you how he's blessed me. And let me tell you how he's moving us forward. And, and I think you said it earlier. I've always felt like I told my kids this. I, I just wrote my kids a letter to my wife. I haven't given it to them yet. And when I got done with the letter, Mark, I'll be honest. I asked God, am yeah. I leaving? Right. Wow. Are you taking me home? Is that what this letter is? He said, no. And forgive me for getting emotional, but I, I wrote the letter just to go over a bunch of things with them. But I said to my son, he recently got married. It was in August. The night before his wedding, I said, you will decide if we're a family of six now or we become a family of four. Mm. It's God's intention that we become a family of six, right? So good. And that we become stronger with six. And I always think of the chords, and I put this in the letter with them, that, you know, Angie and I got married. We were, we were two chords together, which made us a whole lot stronger. Then we started adding the kids, and finally we were we were a rope of, of five strands, man. That's strong. Yes. Well, now we just now we just rewove that thing. Now we're six. So we have six people now that can help hold each other up, six people that can love each other and should be loving unconditionally, right? Six people that should be sharing what God's doing for them and what God's showing them. And you know, that's that was the thing that the the, the whole thing throughout the letter is. Just love God. Just trust God. That's it. But here's, here's the other thing. What if we were honest with each other, Mark, in our own families? What if we were really honest? What if we said what needs to be said, but, but we've been taught by society not to say it now? Correct. Yeah, we've been taught to sweep it under the rug. Exactly. You know, and, and 
I, I said to someone I love very, very deeply recently that their family's been sweeping stuff under the rug for so long, you can't see the rug anymore. Mm. It's, it's at the top of the, of the pile. And what if we could really be honest with each other? What could God do? What if we were that bold? And here's the sad thing. To me, we can judge a little bit how much we love people based on how honest we will be with them. That's really good. That is definitely worthy of, of repeating honestly, Dave, because there's so much truth in that. No, it's uh, it's, it goes back to the, to the boldness. And, you know, I, I was asked one time, um, do you feel bad because you've been successful? What? Yeah. Do you? Oh no. Heavens. No. Why not? I said, for one thing, everything that I I've achieved in my life, God's done for me. Right. Right. And, and, you know, what God keeps telling me throughout my life is be bold, be bold, be bold. He wants to show Christians that he expects supernatural faith from us. Crazy faith. Yes. You know, and, and I always say to people, it cracks me up. Why did when they were crossing the Jordan, why did the priests have to walk into the water before God held the, held the river back? Right. He, yes. He, he, they could have done it without them getting their feet wet. I hate getting my feet wet, Mark. Why did he make them get their feet wet? You know, he could do it, but he does what he does the way he does. And, he, and I believe God loves to show off too. Amen. You know, I always try to picture that water just piling up there. How crazy that had to be as all the people are crossing in front of it on dry land. And then I wondered, I wonder if he dried the, the feet of the men carrying the ark. <laughs> he dried the ground. Maybe he did. But look at what he look at what he's done. And again, we freak out, but he split the Red Sea. He did. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, David, it is impossible to please God. Yeah. And you know, it takes a mustard seed of faith to move a mountain, right? Yep. That's not very much faith. Let's put a pin for just a second, because I want to ask this question. There's two questions that I want to ask. And, uh, of course, the, the listeners already know the answer to the first one, because we've heard you say it. Uh, that first question is this. It's uh, how important are devotions to you and, and your fa- for you and your family? We know that. We've heard that. But secondly, Dave, I want to ask this, because I already know the answer. But I want to ask this uh, for the listeners on the air. Is devotion time optional in your household, David? No. <laughs> no, and it's, uh, it's funny now because I can send out a text and then you hear the people coming, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, you know, we've had times uh, in our marriage where we weren't getting along. And I think my wife thought that um, uh, I'll go ahead and skip tonight. I don't want to hear what he has to say. I really don't like him right now. Right. And, uh, you know, I can remember tracking her down. Hey, we're starting devotions. You can start without me. We'll wait, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I know why she didn't want to come, you know, she's right. She's tired of dealing with me that day already. And, but no, it, it never has been. And, you know, my, my son, I keep texting him asking, did you do devotions tonight? And uh, when I think about it, I say to him and his wife, you know, make sure you're doing devotions because we're going to have God in our house. or We're going to have Satan. We don't have to let Satan in, but we do need to keep him out. Amen. And, and the best way we can do it is devotions. And I think just like sex, 
bond you after after you're married, right? I, th- I see how devotions bonds a family. That's right. Because you're coming together. And I think also there's a blessing to it because you're saying to God, you're important enough that we're going to spend time with you. Uh, you know, we're, we're making you a priority in our day. And I think that that gets paid back as well. And it's, it's really comical because it's given my children a voice and, and, you know, they call me out. My daughter loves to say to me, you need Jesus, you know, and <laughs> when I, when I'm doing or saying something I shouldn't be. And I always remember there's a movie called uh, we were soldiers with Mel Gibson. Okay. And, it, and I love that movie. And I went to start it one night and my daughter threw a fit, you know, she wasn't very old. And I said, what is wrong? And she said, Daddy, that movie is rated R. Mm. We can't watch rated R movies, right? There's bad stuff in them. You know, so here you see we're, we're giving a mouth, right? We're giving, we're giving the ability to speak right. to all members of the family when we come together for devotions. You know, and, and my daughter had the right to say that to me. And she was right. You know, it made sense. And she was bold about it just the way you taught her, Dave. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the that's the cool thing. And, you know, I've had all my children call me out and, and they need to call me out more. Uh, I've got this uh, problem with my mouth that likes to say words it shouldn't say from time to time. So that's uh, one thing we're all working on right now. But no, I mean, I, I think I think the devotions have bonded our family. I think the devotions have done the the most incredible work of tell your children. And I, and I love, can I share a story? Absolutely, brother. My grandfather, who I never met, it was, it was my mom's dad. People said that he talked to God. And I was, I desperately wanted to know what that meant. I never got to meet him. So I asked some of my uncles one night, you know, what does that, what, what does that mean? I'm very young. And this story stuck in my head and I tell it all the time, but they told me they were, they were at a river in Texas fishing with their dad. Mm. Okay. And they, he had sent them to bed. So they're all in their sleeping bags. He was still sitting by the fire and he's, they, they'd all fallen asleep. And they said, he walked over and he tapped each one of them on the forehead to wake them up and said, don't move. And once they all three were awake, he said, God's told me one of you boys has a, a poisonous snake in your sleeping bag, but I don't know which one yet. I'll be back. They go, he goes back over to the fire and prays. Okay. Now, the uncle that had the snake and is telling the story says, I wish he'd have waited to come over till he asked God that part, because you know, <laughs> right. we're all laying there in, in total terror. Right. But uh, he goes back over, he prays, he comes back over and he says, Charlie, it's you, Frank and Don, get out of your sleeping bags and move away. And he tells my uncle Charlie, he says, Charles, put your hands out above your head. This is, I asked God how to get you out of the bag. Put your hands above your head. I'm going to grab you by the wrist. I'm going to pull you out. You'll be okay. He does that, pulls him out, and there's a huge water moccasin in the sleeping bag, right? Wow. Stuff like that happened a lot in their life where, you know, he would say, God told me. Now, he didn't hear a voice. He, he, just, he just heard God's urgings, and, you know, God communicated with him. He would come home and tell my grandmother after work, I have to go see so-and-so person to deliver a message from God to them. Well, we grew up then, Mark, expecting to hear from God. Wow. Amen. And we have. Because that's you know, what we, you saw him live. Right. We, we heard the stories. You know, he, he, he shared and told his kids, right? And now they're telling their, 
kids and their nieces and their nephews, right? And this thing keeps passing. My kids have heard that story probably more times than they, than they want. But what a fascinating example of how God will speak to us if we're listening to him. And again, it's not an audible voice. That, that scripture verse I shared with you, Yep. My, my mother took her own life. And I remember getting the phone call. And it was after midnight. It was my sister. And I argued with her. Mom's not dead. Right. She does this all. She threatens this all the time. I'm going to drive over to her house. I'm going to make her call you. And I remember coming down the stairs of my house, Mark. When I rounded the corner, my wife was standing there. And at that moment, I knew my mom was dead. Next thing I remember, I'm laying on my kitchen floor crying. And my family's draped over me like a blanket. And they're crying. And I said to God, you promised me you won't give me more than I can handle. Mm. I can't handle this. And I was mad. Right. And he said to me, I never said that. I said, you won't be tempted beyond what you can handle. That's it. You can't handle this. You have to give it to me. And I like to argue with him. So I said, well, I'll give it to you, but you have to give me scripture that I can hang this on. Right. That's good. Because it's too much. I need to be able to recite something when it comes in my head. And that's where those verses came from. And, you know, I popped up off the floor. My family looked at me like I was nuts because I stopped crying that quick. I went upstairs. I got my Bible. I flipped to those verses. I read those verses and boom, a peace came over me. I went out, got in my car and I drove over to my brother's house and told him my mother was dead. And that, that comfort continues to this day, you know, wow. the peace that passes all understanding. But again, I remind my children of those stories all the time, you know, at different times through devotions. And uh, I got to, through the years, get these other children that come in our house and they join us for devotions. And, you know, just, you know, to say it has been an unbelievable blessing. God has blessed me so much through these devotions, way more than I'm sure my family, you know, yes. but what an incredible use of time it's been. It's never been a burden. You know, it just, it's incredible. I, I always think, I wonder how much pastors are blessed by their sermons personally. Yeah because he sure has blessed me through this. Dave, I want to add a couple of scripture verses to what we're sharing. And, um, you know, when we're talking about discipling your family, Dave, again, it's, we all typically spend some time with our families anyway, but what you're talking about, Dave, is spending quality time with your family, with God. So what is devotion? You know, somebody might be sitting there going, well, what do you mean you, you do devotions? What do you mean? What does that mean? Like, and, and I studied it one time and it means dedication. When you're dedicating yourself to something, maybe you dedicate yourself to a sport or a hobby or, or a thing like you're dedicating, you're, you're committing to spend time. And when we're talking about devotion here, Dave, we're talking about committing to spend time with one another, but in the presence of the Lord, we're committing to spend time with the Lord. And this comes out of first Corinthians chapter seven, and we, we don't have enough time to expound a lot of this, but I just want to touch on verse three, Dave, because this is one of the things that I hear you talk about a lot. And it says, let the husband render to his wife, the affection that is due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. And again, I won't expound beyond that, but 
discipleship, you talk about first call, Dave, those of us that are married, that's the first call to ministry. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her. Well, how do we, how do we understand the affection that's due to her? Only through Christ, only right. through Christ teaching us. And, and, and the Bible says that Christ loved the church and he gave himself for her. And then secondly, Dave, as we wrap this thing up, I want to go to Ephesians chapter 6 for a minute, because this is interesting. As soon as anybody who has studied the Word and familiar with the Word at all, and you start to say Ephesians 6, at least my mind immediately goes to, oh, okay, we're going to talk about the full armor of God, and we're going to talk about boldness that Paul had and prayed for. But in the very beginning of that, so it's interesting, Dave, that it's in context, so very First verse, chapter 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, I'll say to parents, I'll say to grandparents, okay, there you go. And immediately we read that verse, and what do we automatically in, in our humanness want to do? We want to point the finger at our children. <laughs> hey, 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 you have to obey me. This word says so. And verse two says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. I'm going to go to verse three and stop there for a minute, but then I want to come back to verse two. Verse four says, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath or to anger. In other words, don't poke at them. Don't make them angry, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Now, this is the wording in the New King James Version. Mm-hmm. Here. But this is interesting, Dave, because this is exactly what you've been talking about. And I want you to listen to that same verse in the New Living Translation. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline. And this is why I ask you, Dave, is it optional in your household about devotions? Or are they optional? Right. And you said no. But it says an instruction that comes from the Lord. So, Dave, this is discipleship 101, and it's the rock of what everything's built upon. Now, I want to go back, and I want to share a personal story really quick. I've never told this story before, but I want to take this opportunity to share this. Okay, it's saying, children, obey your parents, verse 1. Verse 2 says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So that particular verse is coming out of the Ten Commandments. You're supposed to honor your father and mother. That's what the word says in Exodus 20, where it lists the Ten Commandments. I got to share this story, okay? Which I hope it will, I hope it will bring it home. And this is a real life story. So my own dad, my own dad went to prison for quite a long time for a crime that he committed, which I won't discuss in detail here. But when I went and visited him in prison, he threw up in my face this very commandment. And this is why I'm bringing it back to the parents, to the grandparents, because here's what my dad threw up in me, because he knew I was a believer. He knew I was a follower of Christ. And he said to me, you're supposed to honor your father and mother. He threw that 
commandment up in my face. Here's what the Lord instructed me to say. Well, you haven't given me anything to honor. Oh, wow. And I was able to walk away with peace and guilt-free because do you understand he was using the law to the letter of the law to poke me in the chest and throw that up in my face. But what I'm bringing this back to and why I'm sharing this particular story is because it is of the parents' responsibility too, David, to give our children something to honor. And David, the reason I share that and the reason that it's in conjunction with your testimony is because you say all the time, I hear you say it, David, in our Bible study. Listen, I'm not without fault. I'm trying to serve the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I mess up and I'm human. And listen, kids, even though we're spending this time in devotion to the Lord together, I want you to help me. Guess what that makes it easy to do, Dave? It makes it easy for your children to honor you because of your transparency, because of your realness. And instead of being commanded to obey, it's how love urges us to obey. Yeah, that's, you know, that is really good. I've, I've never heard that the way you just said it. So thank you for sharing that. And yeah, the story and, brought it home. Yeah. Again, I share it for sake of an example uh, for those listeners who maybe struggle and maybe you don't know where to start. Dave, maybe the parent says, I've never done devotions with my children. So what would our advice be, Dave? What would you say to a parent, a listener right now says, I've never done a devotion with my child. Start tonight. Come on, brother. Yeah. And don't think that you have to be a preacher and don't think that you have to be trained and don't think that you have to walk a perfect life. And you know what, for me, it's easier just to tell my kids when I screw up, right? Yeah. One thing that God's really convicted me on lately is my language. And and that's the first thing I did then was tell my family and ask my family to pray for me and ask my family to help me and ask my family to point it out when I do it, you know, and, and how refreshing to be able to have that relationship. And folks, I pray that this has been an encouragement to you, although it's been a little bit of a toe-stepping discussion, but yet I pray that as God and His Holy Spirit somehow manages to do, even when He chastens those who He loves, like He does through correction, and somehow we come out encouraged to do better, to draw closer to Him, because that is solely what we need to do. I appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you join us again next week, if at all possible where we'll have another guest sharing their particular story and their discipleship experience. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Rise FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at risefmohio.com. The Rise FM Podcast Network.